Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. I'm excited to have my friend Corey Bruins on the show once again. He was on episode four, Intentional Incarnation was the title of that episode, and he's down in Ocean Beach, and he gave a little bit of his story and some things, how we can grow more in that episode, but in this episode, I am so excited to have him on to talk about the Enneagram. The Enneagram is something that my wife and I, we've been really intrigued with now for a while, and it's just a really helpful tool. Uh, It helps us understand ourself, um, even how we believe that the divine has created us to be, and what that means to interact with people in our lives. Uh, So the Enneagram, as we'll talk about, it's nine different personality types, uh, and it's sectioned off into threes of more of the mind, more of the body, more of the soul, and uh, we'll talk about that some more. Uh, But also, if you would like to find out what your type is, and you should, uh, in the show notes below is a link to the Enneagram Institute. This website is so helpful. You go on there, you can take a free test, and it's just really helpful to understand some about who you are and if you're anything like us whenever you begin to read about it at first you're a little frustrated but then you realize oh my gosh somebody's like reading into the depths of my soul so i highly encourage you to do that and this is a conversation just about the enneagram what it means for us a little bit of history about it and just how it can really be used um, in everyday life as we continue to grow together as people so i hope you enjoyed this episode my friend Corey. Also, just right before we get in, I'm going to just be completely honest with you. We, as I'll state in the uh, beginning of our conversation, at the last minute, we decided to go grab a beer and have this conversation because what better way to talk about who we are than over a tasty, delicious San Diego IPA. So I will apologize. There is some background noise, but we really were intentional about making sure that you hear us above all else. So uh, just imagine you're just sitting bright, sunny, beautiful ocean beach day with the garage door open there on the side of the building. And we're just enjoying a tasty beverage, talking about some things that make our lives better. So grab a beer, enjoy the show. you always have like multiple things going down here dude it's good it's there's always something happening yeah like all the, that's how i like it though you know yeah i mean i just feel like i don't know like i feel well actually it's a perfect segue into the enneagram it's part of my type it is it is part of it's i'm a type three man so like, that's awesome because i have to uh, have this goal-oriented thing it helps me to do things because I feel like I'm achieving something. You know? Yeah. So. Totally. I don't know. Sometimes that can be bad, but it can also be really good too. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, I, for sure. I think you know. Um, so maybe we'll just do an intro and jump right in. So. Cool. Uh, welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. As I was just talking about some of my Enneagram Type Three stuff. Uh, sitting here having a killer beer with my friend Corey down here in Ocean Beach, and. Uh, Last minute, OB style, we decided, hey, let's go drink a beer. Actually, it was Corey's idea to guilty to be like, yeah, let's not hang out a dark room all by ourselves, and let's go in the community and hang out and drink good beer here at Kilowatt and uh, hit record. So um, Enneagram stuff has been popping up, I feel like, a lot of places, but dude, my wife and I have been obsessed with it. Yeah. And her more than me. Like, really? I've, I mean, I've been obsessed with it, but she is like legitimately 
all the time in her free time researching. She researched her number a whole bunch. She's a six. And then now it's like open season on like everybody she knows. And she's like, which <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I love that. But it's just like, I think my mom's is. I think my dad is this. I think my sister. I think, you know, it's like, so she's just like hammering it's hard not to it is it's hard not to it really is yeah so you know even with that like you know once you find out your number your type it's hard to not like begin to like associate everything you do with that number Mm. because it does give a lot of language for who you are and you're just like oh okay that's just my quote threeness and it's like i don't know so anyway we can jump into a bunch of that stuff but uh yeah, I like to be busy because that's part of my number. But So the Enneagram, for those of you guys that don't know, um, is an awesome thing with some background. But I'm going to let Corey talk about it some because uh, he's an expert and I'm not. I don't know about that. <laughs> Enthusiast, maybe. Yeah. Enthusiast. Yeah. So I, I think I wanted to have you on the show and talk about it because I forget when it was. I was down here for something and you mentioned like if OB was on the Enneagram, it would be a four. Totally. And uh, I was like, I was like, if this dude is typing his town that he lives in, he likes the Enneagram, you know? So that's reasonable. That was like, that was my green light to, to do a podcast with you about the Enneagram. That's you know? reasonable. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah, man. The Enneagram is rad. It is a, um, you know, over the course of my life, I'm sure you have the same experience. Like, A lot of us have taken all sorts of tests and profiles and assessments, professional, personal, relational, from the five love languages to Myers-Briggs to DISC, animals, colors. I mean, strength finders, strength finders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the list goes on as far as like humans love researching and understanding what it means to be human. And so I think because of that, we wind up really enjoying creating you know labels for types of people um and it is it can be very helpful to to help us relate better to one another to our work to our passions all of that um and i I mean i've been through pretty much every personality assessment you can imagine um and it was about two and a half years ago when i was introduced to enneagram why it took so long i have no idea (laughs) It's an unfortunate thing. Um, so how did you find? How did you find out about the Enneagram? Yeah. So about two and a half years ago, I was uh, invited to go on a retreat in Mexico with some dudes, and um, through a friend of mine in Golden Hill, who's kind of running like a life compass style retreat for guys. And one of the requirements in advance of the retreat, we had a bunch of kind of different homework assignments before we went, and one of them was to go do the tests and get our Enneagram type figured out. Really? Yeah. So I had never heard of it till that email. So I go do the test. I'm like, what's the Enneagram? You know, I don't know what this is. Start Googling it. Um, and I go, you know, they always have like a, the sample test that has like 10 questions and then the full test that has a hundred. Right. I tend to test really overwhelmingly one thing. So I don't usually need a huge sample size of questions to determine like what I am. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's a seven thing, but um, yeah. So I, I just was like, well, I'm going to take this free test first before paying for it. And it came out overwhelmingly seven. 
Yeah. And I was like, cool, well, I guess I'm a seven. And I didn't do any research on it because mm. I was kind of like, this is just going to be another personality test. You know, right. like, no one's them... on Facebook that just pop up on your feed or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Know, like... What brand of shoelaces are you? You know, like, right, right. And I was like, well, this is just going to be another personality test. Like, I'm not, it's not going to stick. Probably the one before that I would reference most often was Myers Briggs. And um, I'm resoundingly an ENTJ and Myers Briggs. Um, and. So I took the test. I'm a seven. I'm like, sweet, cool. Go to Mexico. And we hit the point in our retreat when we're discussing Enneagram. Uh, I'm appointed as the scribe. So we put those big giant sticky post-its around the room that we're in. There's like 15 guys in there. And our coach through this, uh, Rob Yackley, he was kind of reading off each of the numbers. And we're going through and writing down the core fear, um, the core desire, the gift to the world, the core sin, and then like positives and negatives of each number. Mm. And so I'm writing these down, write the ones down for one, write it down for two, three, get to seven. And he would always start with the core fear, which first of all, there's so much like meta happening in this. First of all, I didn't like the fact that the first thing we talked about with each number was its fear. Yeah. Like that just seemed really negative to right, me. Right. Coincidentally, sevens don't like negativity at all. So <laughs> that's kind of like would make sense that I would feel that way right. about it. Um, so it gets to seven and Rob goes, so the sevens core fear is of being trapped in pain, mm. um, deprived or trapped in pain. And when I write it down in my mind, I'm like, I'm not a seven. Mm. There's no way I'm not a seven. I'm not afraid of being deprived or trapped in pain. Yeah, I'm not afraid yeah. of anything. Like, I'm kind of a masochist, actually, yeah. when it comes down to it. We go through the rest of the, the paper, you know, and write down the core desire, write down the gift to the world, write down the core sin. Uh, and all of these things are, like, resonating with me. And I'm like, shit, maybe I am a seven. <laughs> but I need to figure out what to do with this core fear of being deprived or trapped in pain. How do I... This doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> and as I was more honest with myself about it, I was like, crap that is actually my core fear for sure is of being deprived or trapped in pain. The funny thing about it is that I build my life in such a way that I never have to deal with that variable, which is it's a, the, it's, the strength of a seven to be able to, to do so. Right. Hmm. I suppose it could be argued either way. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's two sides to every coin in that aspect. Like, I like to think, yes, that my ability to reframe everything in a positive way and ignore all existence of any pain or negativity in the world is a positive thing. Yeah. But the negative side of that is that I have a really hard time empathizing with other people. Mm. And when people are bringing up painful situations, I have super low capacity to deal with it. Mm. Because for me, I would just rather get on to the next thing. Right. And the way that that's affected me in my... like, I mean, it's affected me in all sorts of ways, but you know, some of the... Maybe in the professional world, I'll hit first. Like a big way that that's affected me is I remember um, being in charge of the production stuff and the services when I was on staff at the church. And when I would get criticism or feedback, either no matter what the setting was, whether it was in like a bigger meeting or just one on one, or anytime I would get criticism or feedback, I would dismiss it in such a way that I, I it the person giving the feedback felt like I wasn't receiving the feedback, right. but I was receiving it and processing it and moving on so fast. And like most people don't understand that that happens. I was receiving it, right. but I wasn't like sitting around moping in it, you right. know, like 
crying about it. Yeah. That's not my deal. Right. But the other person received it as like, Corey doesn't even care what I say. Mm. So I got that feedback. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. I, I, and I would explain it. I'd be like, you guys, like I'm hearing your feedback. I just feel like we need to spend more time talking about the stuff that needs to get done and less time talking about all the crap that went wrong. Yeah. Like I understand it went wrong, but let's move on and keep going. And the feedback from uh, my boss at the church, he was like, well, sometimes like what I need is I need you to like sit in it for a moment so that I can understand that you're receiving it. Yeah. And like, that's, I think that that's one of the things sevens really have to work on. I know for me, Mm. that's something I have to work on is like, yeah. Thinking about how someone else is perceiving my like jumpiness and need to go from thing to thing to thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I think emotional intelligence is something to be learned in paired with Enneagram. Because, like, as you're learning more about yourself and your personality and you're learning about the people's personality that are in close proximity with you, a heightened emotional intelligence is going to be able to communicate well. Like, what you were experiencing, Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a major component of it, you know? Because I, I know for me and even my wife, as we explored the Enneagram, you know, it's like, well, if I have to begin to exercise this emotional intelligence to be able to even remind myself to pick up on these different personality types because if mm. not I filter everything through the lens of my own you know yeah and and it becomes a linear thing and it's like oh I'm not even aware about the other stuff you know so I think that that is something maybe you experienced you know I don't know so totally yeah I mean I feel like we all start with this idea that like everybody else in the world is like us yeah right and, and that's what I mean we filter our and everything that like is in is not in alignment with that we take as a personal attack yeah and i think that at large like the enneagram as a tool i mean there's so many directions to go in talking about it but like i think one of the things in relationship that is most helpful is being able to understand why people do what they do yeah and know that if your spouse or your significant other or your you know loved one or boss or employee or whoever it may be like that if they're you know behaving a certain way and that rubs you wrong and it's not you know the way that you would want them to act like nine times out of ten it's just because that's the way that they're wired right and i think that the key there is like that's not an excuse for bad behavior so it's not like you're still allowed to have feelings about it. Right. But I think it just helps contextualize those feelings in such a way where it takes that. Oh, hey, Steve, watch your foot. Sorry. You okay? Oh, you're good, man. That's fine. <laughs> to no be problem. fair, we have it running across the walkway. So. Totally. <laughs> watch your big damn feet. <laughs> That man doesn't fall on the Enneagram. He's, he doesn't have a number. Right, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's so awesome. Thank God for editing. Hazards of working in a brewery. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyways, the moral of that story is that we're able to take other people's behavior and contextualize it in such a way that we can go, I, I don't know, like my, my girlfriend is a six and like your wife. And oh, cool. Um, it just takes takes things that could normally really escalate into like super large conflict and I, I think makes them very easy to be like a lighthearted thing you know so if 
Katrina does something that I'm like, what the hell? You know? Yeah. But I'm able to be like, that is such a sixth thing to do. Yeah. Instead of like being frustrated, I'll just say, your six is showing. <laughs> and then we both laugh about it, you yeah. know, because there's that self-awareness then like that EQ of like, right. Cool. Like, oh yeah, my six, like that is a sixth thing to do. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, anyways. So I think that that's like, been so cool and so many really rad stories of I've heard stories of marriages being saved using Enneagram marriages that were like yeah. really on the rocks like coming back around because yeah the partners in the marriage were able to understand their spouse better right so with this for some people that might be listening this far in and they are still trying to figure out what we're talking about with types and with personalities and yeah. all of these things so the Enneagram the Enneagram literally means there is it's a nine pointed star, right? So yeah. I mean that's that's yep. what it is. And basically what it is, it's evolved into this thing that there is nine personality types, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah. Uh, for all humanity, but it's not to be boxed in. So people are certainly individuals and there's certainly, you know, uh, you know, unique stories, but people tend to have similarities based on their makeup, you know, whether that be from, and my wife and I talked about this in a past episode about how much is the Enneagram and our number about what we have learned and how much is like just in our genes, like who we are Yeah. and figuring that out. So the Enneagram really just helps us identify what are some of our traits, what are, you know, some things that we share with other people too. And, and, um, so some history on the Enneagram and, and, Correct me if I'm wrong on this. So the Enneagram has its roots and origins all the way back to the early church. Like back to, you know, um, even a a lot of ancient, you know, traditions, even in the Christian tradition, even uh, church fathers. A lot of people used variations of the Enneagram. (laughs) Chenga. Variations of the Enneagram. And, uh, you know, well, it wasn't called the Enneagram then, but this personality identification and from my little bit of study with that it began as three personalities and has evolved into a nine personality thing over the course of a couple thousand years. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how much, you know, um, yeah, you know about the history of that, but that's, that's been my little bit of, I've picked up. So yeah, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty good there. The Enneagram's history is actually a really intriguing one. And depending on who you talk to, and, you know, like you said, the amount of study that they've done on it, um, you get all sorts of different answers, which I think is really funny. Um, so, the, I think the three things that you were talking about are, like, the head, the heart, and the gut. Right. Is that what you're talking about? More or less. Like, the, the as far and as the three goes? more in yeah. those three yeah. areas. You so, know? that's true, and the Enneagram's nine points... Three, three, three. Right. Are sectioned off into those. Yes. yes. So uh, the, I'll, I'll go back to what my understanding of our modern like personality test for Enneagram started with this guy Oscar Ichazo. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the last name. I C H A Z O Ichazo. He was born in I think Bolivia in like the 30s. So I'm he pretty must be sh- smart. I'm pretty sure he's st- right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Um, and. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. And he took kind of the work of a couple other people and studied it and then came up with 
what we see today as like the Enneagram personalities. Yeah. Um, he actually tried to copyright his work on Enneagram at a certain point in the United States, and the patent office, the copyright office, said no because he presented his work on Enneagram as fact, and you're not allowed to copyright facts, uh, which is super interesting because a I lot of know that. a lot of people like. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like, a fact right. is a fact. Like, you can't m- monopolize on a fact. Like, it, it is what it is. Right. But I also think it's really interesting that, like, a government agency was able to say, well, you said it's a fact, so we're not going to let you copyright. Like, that's pretty intense for, right. like, work that's kind of, like, mythological. Right. Almost, or at least in its roots. Right. right. Um, I'm a huge believer, so I'm willing to say that it's pretty close to fact oh dude and whenever i read my, my type i was yeah. like somebody's reading my mail right now i you know, know i like, know it's freaky <laughs> we'll get I know, to that <laughs> i know i know um so this guy studied it kind of put together the basics of what we see as enneagram today he started a school i forget the name of the school um and in the school they studied basically the human experience from pretty much every angle and one of the tools that they used was this Enneagram describer. Hmm. The interesting thing about the core of the Enneagram is that it's the the story of how it it became it has to do with this idea that we have like an essence as humans. Which there there is I mean the roots of Enneagram go back far, 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 like, and pull things from Christianity, Judaism, like, from pretty much everything. Yeah. Like, there's lots of stories and trails. I mean, you could do research this for days and days and days. I've only done a little bit of research. Um, the seven deadly sins kind of show up. Yeah. Which is interesting, and there's, like, a weird story about, like, why it, it why the seven deadly sins went from nine to seven, and, like, you see the core really? sins in the Enneagram as, like, the core sin of each of the numbers. Really? I didn't know so that. So it's, it's, the Enneagram is about the disconnect between essence and ego. So it's this idea that, like, we have this essence as people that starts, like, really good. It's, like, a good essence. Very similar to, like, you know, the story of humanity in scripture. Like, right. Where we start good, and then this idea of ego plays in. Yeah. So yeah. each of these numbers on the Enneagram and what it represents has to do with what like our ego fixation is. Right. Um, and I think that that's so interesting. Yeah. Because it's a tool that's centered around like self-awareness of what our ego fixation is, and helps us like back back out to what we were originally created to be. Yeah. And that. You don't see that in any other type. Right. And referencing what you said earlier about this idea of being boxed in, Enneagram is definitely not about being boxed in. And it, that's like a huge criticism of personality tests. Right. Right? It's yeah. like, well, why do I have to fit in this box? Why do I only have five strengths? You right. Know? Why, yeah. Why can I have, you know? Yeah. yeah. And when you read any personality test or, you know, way of describing humanity is only as good as its literature. Mm-hmm. Right? It's only as good as, like, what's out there available for people to read and soak in to help them. Mm-hmm. The literature that I've read in pretty much every other personality test goes something like, here's what you want. You take a test, you go, here's what you are, and here's how to cope within the box of who you are. Yeah. Enneagram says, here's your starting point, and here's what it's like to grow. Yes. That's totally. such a different posture. Yes. And that's not to say that those other those other tests and determinations don't have a place and are not helpful, because I think that they are, right. or can be at least. But that's not like the essence of Enneagram. Right. The essence of Enneagram is to figure out like where you start, 
and in fact, some of the my favorite. I'm mean, Richard Rohr is by, hands down my favorite author on Enneagram. Yeah, um, and he's the and, one that introduced. I was listening to a Robcast. And, nice. And they, that's where you first heard about it. They were referencing the Enneagram, and Rob referenced it in like two episodes, and I was like. I gotta, I gotta find out what this Enneagram thing is. Yeah. You know, and then I was just, as soon as I Googled it and I went to the Enneagram Institute, you yep. know, dot com. Yeah. And yep. I was just like, I took the test and like you and like, I think many others, when you read, especially some of the maybe not so awesome things about your number, yep. immediately you're like, no, no, I don't want to be that, you know? And it's like, because you're like... Damn, that's me. That's so you true. Know, like, oh, like somebody's peeling into the layers of your heart. It's you know, scary. it's like, ah, like, yeah. Your your weaknesses are shown. I think. Oh yeah. Is is the crucial thing about the enneagram? Is like, what I love about the enneagram is, and I listened to an, another, I don't know, something. I don't know if it was a podcast or something I read online. I found it somewhere, and it was this lady, and she said. I was invited to do a workshop on the Enneagram, but I was asked to keep all of the weakness part out of it, just the strength. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's hilarious. And so she's like, sure, I'll go do it. It's like some church, whatever, you know, they're whatever. They're overcomers, so they don't have whatever. Anyway, she goes and does the workshop, <laughs> and nobody can quite identify what type they are. And yeah. she realizes without weakness, we can't identify who we truly are. Yeah. And that was so profound to me because I realized through reading about the downfalls of a three and being in kind of frustration about it, I realized, but if I don't have a grasp on that, I don't truly know who I am. Yeah. Because every single one of us is filled with both strengths and weaknesses. And if we yeah. aren't honest about those things, and if we're not seeing where we can improve but also be grateful for, if there isn't the both tension to be had... We, we can't truly embrace ourselves or people around us or, or any sort of, yeah. you know, forward movement into who we are in the world around us. You know what I mean? Totally. So. That's a good point. And that's, I think when people ask me for advice on Enneagram as far as like figuring out their type, when it's maybe not so clear, you know, I'll, I'll say go take the test. Usually I just say it's fine to take the free one. Yeah. Um, Enneagram Institute, by the way, has a free test. So yeah. I'll include that. In this yeah, show notes. yeah, I love everything on Enneagram Institute is so helpful. Um, and if if it comes down to like a, a couple different numbers, you know, where you have maybe two or even three that are equal, because unlike maybe other tests where it spits out at the end and it's like this is who you are, yeah, the, these most Enneagram tests will just be like here's all the numbers and here's your rating of like how close maybe yeah. you are to this number. Yeah. So that and that can be confusing. You know, and then people will go through and like read the numbers and pick the one that they like the best and decide that they're that and like it's <laughs> yeah. it's just not helpful. Right. You know, right. like Katrina, my girlfriend, hates being a six. My wife like, my wife hates it. She hates she it. She hates it, especially when she read it. It tells you on the Enneagram Institute what famous people are your number. Yeah, oh, yeah. And hers had Hitler on it. Oh no. I and know. she was so devastated. She yeah. was like so mortified, you know? Yeah. And it's like like you have to move past that, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and f something like I, I don't know where the statistic came from or where I even heard it, but so don't quote me on it. But I heard that like forty-eight percent of the world is sixes. I I did read that most most people are sixes. Yeah, and I believe like, it. And to yeah. me, that contextualizes like a lot of the fear-based decision making that I think has like landed us in this political climate. 
but that's another story. That's that's <laughs> another podcast that that's... we need to do. Please, please. Right, because it's fear. Like yes. six is fear. It's like about like acting out of fear. The skeptic is what it's you know sometimes referred to. Yeah, but but the gift of the six and courage is yeah. like so beautiful. Yeah, when sixes bring that gift to the world. Yeah, and like I don't know. Yeah, so. But the, any like any any test or way of describing the human experience is only as helpful as you make it. Right. So when Katrina talks about not wanting to be a six, I'll say, she'll, she'll, she wants to be a four. She typed as a four before, yeah. and um, she'll be like, oh, maybe I'm a four or a five. And I'm like, you can decide that you're whatever you want to be, <laughs> but it's only helpful if you're honest about it and if the reason that you're like not wanting to be a number is because the negatives of it are things you don't like like that's probably a big sign that that's like who you are exactly and i think that's for for anybody that's listening to this that they take it and they hate that stuff it's evidence of you know the reality of who you are so you are and we've been going um we went with you know our mutual friends you know cj and jandy uh the palmers down to uh, a local church here because they started an Enneagram series for Lent and so they're calling it Lentiagram and so we've been going to this church and that's one thing that they were talking about that I totally agreed with it's like if you read a number and you're like oh god I hate that yeah well be careful when you take the test because that might be your number you know yeah <laughs> I, yeah I was, I was laughing because yeah I was like dude that is so true what I didn't want to be the most ends up being like Totally, totally my heart inside out of what it is. Yeah. You know? And that's so. the best way, you know, to wrap up my te- my testing philosophy. Like, the best way to figure out what number you are, even before taking a test, is get a list of the core fears of each number and figure out which one you resonate with most. Yeah. You know? And, like, be in a place of honesty about it and, like, just figure out which one, which, which core fear you're like, shit, that's me. Yep. And... I think that that's the best way to figure out what number you are. And being super honest. You, I, think, I mean, you got to be honest about it. My, <laughs> yeah. my thing, whenever I took the test, I thought, I'm going to be just supremely honest in this because I really want an honest you know, answer yeah. on, on what I am. And honestly, the only reason, I've never taken personality tests. I've never taken the Myers-Briggs or anything. Yeah. I just, I've never been attracted to it or Not drawn to it. Yeah. I just, I, I've never done that. But something about the Enneagram, people that I respect and look up to were really, you know, they didn't maybe mean to, but they were promoting it. And so I just was like, well, if these people that I like and respect are really taking it to heart, maybe I should too. And that's why I took it really seriously. I took the test. You know, it popped out that I'm a three-wing too. And I'm like, you know, we may or may not talk about wings, you know. But, um, and it's like, man, like the achiever and it's like ah but i don't want to be that yeah and um so anyways just on that i think people as they go through this experience because i hope everybody listening to this that has taken the test or will uh when you go through that initial shock to Mm. just hold on Mm. you know yeah and to just ride it out a little bit and let the initial emotion settle before you make a decision about it because the first thing i did was is i looked at my next numbers of what i scored highly as yeah because i wanted to move yeah. past the one that it popped yeah. out yeah. quick you know yeah. i was like no you yeah. know as soon as i started reading about it and so my my two cents i don't know what yours would be is that people that want to begin to embrace us and i think everybody should because 
it helps you know you and the people that are involved in your life. Yeah. Allow that initial emotion to just cool out for yeah, a little bit. That's good. You know, and just like be okay with it and you know you're yeah. not the only one that's that number too, I think. And um I immediately realized that there were some people in my life that I felt like I may have been frustrated with mm. in my past or even recently. And I I put them as other numbers, like in my mind that I mm. thought they were that I was like, well I definitely maybe don't want to be that number, but then as I've walked through this more, there's a couple people in my life that I've had frustration with that I realize are actually probably my number. <laughs> and that's funny. probably the reason I have frustration with them. You know what I mean? And uh, mm. I don't know. So I'm just curious too what your thoughts are just for people that are going to walk through this and that want to do it. Just maybe some ways that um, it's helped your relationships, you know, maybe with your girlfriend. But even yeah. more than that or like some people that are just your friends with or your parents because you know the the church that we're going to they're talking a lot about how that's impacted their marriage and i think that that's awesome Mm. but i think for people just like using this as a tool with everyone they're in proximity with that they work with or whatever i think that's crucial too yeah you know uh so i'm just curious your thoughts on like people as they do that walking through it you know what what some of that looks like how that's helped you how that could potentially help them you know yeah it's i am super lucky uh and blessed to be in a community of people who have really embraced enneagram as a helpful tool um everyone speaks the language of Enneagram, which, I mean, when you first start, you know, you're going to research your number to death and then (laughs) you'll research your spouse's or your partner, your loved one's number, you know, or if you, and if you don't have that person, you'll start researching whoever you're in most conflict with. Right. That's like the first person you're going to go to. If it's not your spouse or your partner, like you're going to go to that person and be like, who are they? (laughs) Yeah. So funny. Yeah, and if you're not in like a bunch of conflict with your spouse or your partner, you you're probably gonna go first to whoever you're in most conflict with, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is yeah. so funny and so telling. Like we just want to understand each other. We really just want to understand yes. each other. Yes. Why the hell do they do that? Um, so I'm like so stoked to be in a group of people that speak Enneagram, are well versed, know like uh, have a good solid foundation of all the numbers, and. The way that that's helped is like, I I don't know what it'd be like to be doing community with people where we're not speaking that language. Mm. And the reason why is because it allows space for so much grace. Yeah. And understanding yeah. of one another, you know? And um, my learning community in Golden Hill, uh, where some of my friends and I have been mentored through what it's like to inhabit place well and to launch like covenant community and things like that. Um, that's kind of where the Enneagram journey began for me. So that learning community was big on Enneagram and my community here in ocean beach is big on Enneagram. So I, from the beginning of my experience with this tool have been around people who embrace it, which is rad. But the negative for that is I don't not sure how to coach people through Enneagram if they're not in that community. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Um, and I, I definitely continue to be a huge Enne evangelist. And 
you know, I, the gospel it's of Enneagram. The gospel of Enneagram, and it's only as helpful as you know the pe- the group of people that are agreeing to like use it, understand it, decide to know it better, and like constantly speak that language. Um, it's funny for someone to come into some of the my friend circles here who doesn't hang out with us a bunch and and doesn't know Enneagram and hear us say things like, oh, you're being a four. Yeah. Or, you know, like, you, oh, that's just your core fear showing. You know, like, people are like, what? Why are you, what are you saying? Um, yeah, totally. But it is, it's so helpful. And, like, if you, if you just start at the basics of, like, me and my spouse, my partner, my loved one, my best friend, my whoever it is that you like spend a bunch of time with, if you can at least get them on board, and I, I think your advice is great, like sit with your number, be honest about it. Like if you're not in a space of desiring self-awareness and wanting to be the best human you can be, this tool's not helpful. Right. <laughs> and it's probably going to do more harm than good because yeah. you're going to wind up settling into lies about yourself that are are going to perpetuate issues that you're having yeah yeah. you're able to be most honest about yourself like i think this tool is life-changing in that way um for katrina and i we've been together almost a year now and uh, met in our the cohort of people who are studying inhabiting place so we share a lot of similar foundation just in caring about community and faith and stuff like that which is really rad um She's a six, just like your wife, and I'm a seven, that you couldn't be diametrically more opposite. You know, like, my way of being is, like, I want to be happy all the time. I want to jump from thing to thing to thing. My core sin is gluttony. Like, I want, (laughs) like, more of life. You know, like, not just, and not even really gluttony of food, more like gluttony of life. Yes. Like, anything that's good, I want so much of it. Yep. Whereas Katrina is a six... Her response to that is like, hold on, how much does that cost? Well, how is that hurting you? How is that hurting me? How is that hurting other people? Yep. What's what's that going to do down the line? What's the 5, 10, 20, 50 year plan regarding that? What's, you know, and what's the risk? What's the risk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't have control over those variables. Like, so maybe we need to regain control. And could not be more opposite in that way. Yeah. You know, I think that it's so funny. The interesting thing, and you touched on it a little bit, is that there are sevens who are wing six and sixes who are wing seven. Yes. So to give some context to the listeners on that, um, if you can imagine a nine-pointed star with numbers that go around it in a circle, the numbers that are to the left and the right of each of those numbers would be your wing. So some people would be like, I'm a five wing one because they got five as their top one on the test and one is their like next one on the test. Like that's not how the wings work. Right, right. Um, Literally, you have to think about wings. It's a wing. It's on either side side of the number. Yeah. So if it's a one, you're either a wing nine or a wing two. Yes. So as a seven, I'm a seven wing eight, which is the challenger. It's just like the most like bulldozing personality. Yeah, yeah. You know, like loud, obnoxious, like... (laughs) gluttonous for life just uh i love the liturgist podcast on enneagram that's like two and a half hours long that goes through each and every type and yeah. I, who it was shana nyquist i think or somebody who was the seven that they interviewed and i love the quote from her she said sevens have champagne running through their blood mm-hmm. that's like i'm like yes i feel that way and yeah, then i would yeah. tell cat that and she's like oh that's dangerous you're gonna get alcohol poisoning yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome 
That is, I, I hate to say it, but that is such a sick thing to say. It's right. ridiculous, you know? Yeah. They like, can't even take the joke. You know what I mean? It's a metaphor. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Sixers are like, no, if you have champagne in your blood, you'll get alcohol poisoning. Oh. Yeah. You better have health insurance because you better- that's going to, you know. <laughs> so funny. Exactly. exactly. And so- I highly recommend, you know, the liturgist podcast on the Enneagram. I mean, yes. It's, it's really it's good. good. I mean. It's long, but it's worth it's, it. Yeah, and, and just the Liturgist podcast, I mean, shoot. They, the, the product that is, I mean, I don't know if I can use that word or not. I mean, the production, rather, that, that is in the Liturgist podcast is through the roof, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I like drinking beers and having conversation, you know. Yeah. But those guys, I mean, it's like, oh, it's, it's crazy. It's on so point, yeah. If you, you know, definitely are a podcast person you're listening to this you know friends of mine even check out at least that episode yeah uh, if you would like to know more information and even to richard Rohr's book on the enneagram and i'll include that as well too yes down below so links to all this totally Um, all those great resources totally super great. great resources yeah there's a quote i wanted to read um from oscar chazo the guy who kind of like created the modern one let me see if I can find it here because it, it it brings Enneagram back to its core in terms yeah. of like what's most important. He says, we have to distinguish between a man as he is in essence and as he is an ego or personality. In essence, every person is perfect, fearless, and in a loving unity with the entire cosmos. There's no conflict between the person, within the person, between head, heart, and stomach, or between the person and others. Then something happens. The ego begins to develop. Karma accumulates. There is a transition from objectivity to subjectivity. Man falls from essence into personality. Mm. And I think that that's such like a cool... Just posture of... If you're going to approach this tool, this way of understanding our humanity... Remember that its origins are not about finding the type that you like. Yeah. Its totally. origins are not about even necessarily like it, the the origins of it are not about fixing your marriage. If you're walking into Enneagram and you're going, this is a tool that's going to fix my marriage. Like that it's not going to work. Right. This is a tool yeah. about bringing a little bit of connection back to our essence as humans. Yeah giving some language, some understanding to what our ego has done to our humanity yeah. and allowing us to like recognize that, call it out, give language to it for ourselves and for others and in that be able to see how that disconnects from like the essence of who we are as humans. Yeah. And all of that work is personal work that you do with yourself. Right? Like this is not as with everything, this is not a tool where you like make your spouse or your partner take this test and say, look at all this shit you're doing wrong, honey. Right, right, right. You know, like that's not going to work. Like that's, that should never be the conversation. Right. It should be, this is what I found out about myself. These are ways that I'm going to learn how to become a healthier, whatever number you are. Um, and that kind of leads into like an important point about Enneagram. And we talked earlier about how Enneagram is a, tool that teaches us how to grow and doesn't box us in um 
and there's lots of really cool details about the shape. We talked about the wings, and the other is the arrows of integration or disintegration, yes. or the ways that we behave in stress or in health. Yeah, and um, I find those to be intriguing. Right, you know, they are just super rad. Um, you almost have to like see the picture of that. Yeah, you know, to be able to really like understand it. Yes, totally. You know, and, and I think that you know, like me being a three, you know, it's like in health, it's more like six, and in you know, um, distress, it's more like nine. You know? Isn't that interesting? You know. <laughs> isn't that in- isn't that interesting though that in health you grow to be like your wife? Right. Like that's just such a gift. Because not you're for her because I'm, well, I think it is like well, well because she's a six so her health is nine and in her uh, you know uh, oh what's the word I'm looking for the um, stress in stress is, yeah is is three yeah <laughs> it's so funny but yeah right that's yeah it's so interesting but it's just a cool blessing for you where it's oh, like totally. you. That gives you even more encouragement to find the positive things about your wife and emulate them. Yeah. Like and incorporate them. Yeah. Or, or more importantly, figure out what makes her tick when those things happen, and like install those things to make you tick that way too. Yes. You yeah. know. And that it, it, it's helped me. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. It really has. Yeah. It's um, cool. And to be aware of that, and I think a big thing, just relationally for us with the enneagram, and if anybody out there is going to do this with their wife and or, you know, significant other, whatever, partner, we found that the three and the six are actually a very strange number to be together. Hmm. Like, they have a lot of potential, but it's not like, you know, what the Enneagram would say, the best pair, you know? Yeah. And we found Hmm. that a lot of the things that we value and a lot of things that bring us, you know, value and purpose are actually uh, very different. And we had kind of a a realization about a couple months ago of just sitting in our living room one night and like just being completely honest like we value way different things and we see um, fullness and purpose completely different and mm. and she didn't take that I thought we were just talking but because of I hate to say her sickness she felt unsafe in that Hmm. and a sixth thing is they want to feel safe they want to feel secure and she felt unsafe that like we had different things that made us tick Hmm. and she like broke down Hmm. you know and she was like is this even going to work you know Hmm. and that's in her personality to think that way yeah and for me i'm just like well we're gonna achieve it and make it work you know because but and really focusing on the things that do make a three and a six well together. So for anybody that gets these different numbers with their spouse or their, you know, partner, girlfriend, you know, boyfriend, whatever, like you don't once again have to be boxed in by that. It just creates new ways that you can learn to the metaphor dance with each other. Yeah. You know? Like it just you you have better understanding and language of that person and for us it was like scary especially for her uh she was like this isn't gonna last forever Mm. that was her immediate thought like this marriage can't last if that's what what your purpose is and this is what mine is and they're so opposite but it's like think about when you you when you first described that and you said that's just her personality like think about if you didn't have the tools to be able to say that yeah and you immediately said hate to say it but that's her six showing it's like that 
a conversation that could potentially lead to like really horrible things in relationship. Oh, dear. where one person doesn't feel safe, and not only it doesn't, it's not that they're not feeling safe because of one thing you did. She wasn't feeling safe in that discussion because of like life purpose, right? Stuff like yeah. when people don't feel safe because in especially in romantic relationship like that because of life purpose differences, yeah, that is grounds for huge explosion. Yes. And when you're able to turn around and say, like, that I'm not going to take this personally. Right. When she says, like, is this even going to work? You don't go, like, crap. Like, that... It, yeah. It, it, for me, the times before pre-Enneagram in relationship, when someone said things like that to me, I took it personally. Yeah. I'm just probably even more intense for you as an achiever. Right. Where right. you're like, but I've been working to make this work. Yeah. And now you're totally. telling me that your opinion is that it's not going to. Right. Whereas now with a tool, you're able to immediately say, yes. that that's a six asking to feel safe. She's not feeling safe right now. And that's the way it is. Yeah. Like, totally. And I can work work now to make her feel safe. Yeah. You know? And I feel supreme purpose in that. I yeah, mean, it's so good. And, and it's really, I think people, if they take it as a helpful thing and they look at it not as some... It, it is used a lot by the mystics and stuff, but people that, you know, maybe don't like that verbiage for it. But, I mean, if they, they really take it as something that is, a, like you say, a tool. Yeah. And be really open to it. They can put words to things. And when people find out, like, oh, I don't jive with this person or that person. And I think the Enneagram sometimes can make people want to separate each other. Oh, well, they're just not in my sphere of being able no, it, right. it, the Enneagram gives you now tools to interact with every personality. Totally. And what it helps do, just like what we're trying to do is, it continues to build more bridges instead of walls. Yeah, and absolutely. And when people don't have verbiage for their types and don't have verbiage for the other people's types, more walls are built. Yeah. And I think what this can help do is... is find that there is intersection in every personality every one of those lines if you look at a picture of this have to cross each other right like it's it's a integrated thing yeah and so i think that's helpful for us because then we can say like yeah we're all very unique we're all very different we're all very personalized however at one point or another we all cross paths yeah it's good so it gives us an opportunity now to do something proactive with this stuff instead right. of being defensive and reserved and reclused, right. Right. you know? So. And when you go read on Enneagram Institute, they have this cool thing where you can read a number with a number. You yes. know, those, yeah, yeah, those yeah. are, those are really frighteningly well, accurate. Talk about reading somebody's mail. Dude. Um, and that's what we did. You know? Yeah. That's but what so, gave us hope though. I was, that's what gave us hope. That's good because here's my one, crit- uh, as a seven, my criticism <laughs> of those descriptions is they, every single one ends in demise. Yeah. Like, if you go read, like, the end of any of them, it, it just does this arc where it starts off really basic, like, these are the way that they relate. At their best, this is how it's like for a seven and a six. Yeah. The demise of the seven and the six will be this. It's going to end with one person shutting the door and never coming back. Like, they're, all of their descriptions <laughs> say that. So, I just think that that's so funny because... Um, Enneagram has a lot to do with like the negatives, yeah. you know, but it's, you know, if you go on there and read, if any of the listeners go on and read, uh, you know, their, their relationship type, I love that you said like that, um, it was encouraging cause I think it is encouraging. 
Um, but I think it's been being able to see that there is positives and negatives always. Yeah. You know? I yeah. think that's what we have to just, I think totally. is just a, a general outlook in life, I think, is helpful for anyone to realize, like, just because there are setbacks or negatives or hardship doesn't mean that that's always truth yeah. forever. Yeah, it's you good. You know? And I think that that's just a helpful thing to incorporate into life in general. Yeah, there's always room to grow. Exactly. And that that negative actually has shown a major positive. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's it's a difficult thing to sometimes grasp at first, you know, especially with something as intimate as the Enneagram. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really does dig at the core. (laughs) Dude, that's... It does, it does. Totally. So, yeah, man. So I, I think that, you know... The Enneagram is something that if, if people began to grasp and to begin to understand more, I think not only would it make a difference in their life, but once again, as we see with anything else, if that begins to spread further, it begins to change more than just ourselves and our relationships. It changes our community and totally, it, you know, expands out from there. Yeah. And so I'm just appreciative, even with this podcast, with the Enneagram, that just to say yes and amen just to all the stuff that's happening around this because I think that that is truly what's going to begin to spark a a new generation of people being able mm. to understand each other yeah. instead of fight each other. Yeah, it's good. You know? Yeah. Um, so I've been really itching to do an Enneagram podcast because I just want people to get more involved with it. Yeah, check it out helpful. for sure. It's helpful. It know? is, it so, is. And it is spreading right now. Yeah. It's it's catching fire, which I think is really rad. Yeah. It's yeah. a super cool um, super cool thing because if we're all able to have more awareness of, of who we are and how we relate to other people, I mean, that can only bode well for us. Yep. Us humans here. Yeah. Totally. Do you have anything else that you think would be helpful to conclude with? I think that the it's it's important with any human created tool to remember that we're never going to have in my opinion I suppose we're never going to have full and complete understanding of who we are in our lifetime mm-hmm. and to hold that intention because I think that sometimes it can feel scary to lock down into a number or to lock down into a type or to commit to yeah this is my operating method this is the way that I am like that can feel scary but if we're able to step back and remember the truth that like at at least for folks that believe in a higher power or believe in God like the God of the universe who created us is I think super stoked and smiles upon us like trying to understand ourselves and our relationships better. Yeah. But also is so far beyond a nine pointed star Mm. in terms of his like intricacy and creation of each human. And that gives me hope Yeah. to know. I, I know that it, for other people it doesn't, but for me it gives me hope knowing that like we'll never understand fully. And the process of using Enneagram is just, helping us along a journey that we won't see the end of on earth. Yeah. This isn't something that you complete. It's not a task. It's not homework. It's not a test. Like this is a, a helpful tool 
to give us language to understand ourselves and each other better, um, but not in a way that's finite yeah. or definitive or mm-hmm. in any way perfect. Yeah. You know, far from it, because it was created by humans. Yeah. You know, and yeah. there's only so much we can do. Yeah. And I think it does a damn good job. Yeah. Uh, but I also have to be reminded sometimes that the reasons that I believe that we're here and have the gift of life and the blessing of relationship uh, will never fully be described by words that we can use. Yeah, totally. I think it's cool. It's it's just a small glimpse into something that's way bigger, mm, you know? It is. And it's just a, a little taste of, you know, what I would add on to that is that it is finite. It is very would you say limiting, but it feels unlimiting, you know, but it is. But I think like for me, once again, what it helps me see is that like God doesn't have a favorite number. Yeah, it's good. And he doesn't have a a favorite personality type. And he truly has, if he really has created all people and if he is in pursuit of all people, that means he has a unique desire and plan and love for each and every one of those people. Yeah. And I think it helps us understand our, not only our calling and execution in life, but how we were created to love and be loved by people and by God. Yeah. And I think it's, that's just, you know, it's a helpful thing. And I've, I've actually found in a lot of research with Enneagram, it's a lot of people who are, you know, a faith-based, if you will. Totally. That are engaged in it. Yeah. And so I think that's, to me, you know, a lot of people want to throw stuff out with, you know, I don't know. I guess evangelicals want to say things are, you know, new age or whatever. And it's like, dude, you just, you're not understanding the point of that. Like, this helps us understand ourselves and God and people better. Yeah. And not to just throw things out quickly. So if you're one that's skeptical of any of this two things one you're probably a six <laughs> and, and uh no just kidding yeah and uh you know another thing is is that i think that you know just give that opportunity because god is in pursuit of us and getting to know each other and letting us know that we are a unique special type but we're not the only unique special type totally you know? that's so good. That's i good. think that's what i could conclude with on that so that's good it's dude, awesome Corey, thanks so much yeah, thank for being you. on the podcast. And uh, I'm going to include all those show notes in the bottom of this episode. So all the show notes will be there to get to Richard Rohr's book, the Liturgist podcast episode, and um, all the information for how to respond back and uh, see how this may have helped you in, in your life. So appreciate all of you guys listening. And thank you, Corey. Really appreciate it, man. Cheers. Thank you, Luke.